1: a feminist that works for a non profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last twenty years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. So I'm gonna start you actually a little differently than I thought I was gonna start you based on what we were talking about a little bit earlier. You started telling me about your son then having a conversation about how he sat you down and he said, yeah. I don't wanna be a I don't wanna be a hunter, Dad. Yeah. Start that conversation with me again, and yeah. explain to what did that make you feel like, and, and and the difference between hunting as a passion, hunting as fun, versus hunting as you, you know, your lifestyle, your job is hunting.
2: Yeah. As as a uh, a, a crossroads, I guess you could say in, in in growing up or whatever, you know, as a as a father you 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 know you want your son to like the things that you that you like and that you like to do, so uh Archer, my son, and i uh I guess it was probably about four or five years ago he was nine or ten years old. We were going hunting, proud day for me. We're hunting right here on our own property. we're walking out. He'd been hunting with me several several times and knew what Dad did for a living, but I looked past all that, I just assumed that he he kind of understood. Uh, where things stood as far as hunting, jobs, careers, those type of things. So he and I are walking to the stand, and we get halfway there, and he says, "Dad, he goes, I'm not going to have a good day. I'm not going to have a good day at all." Um, uh, Ar- Archer is autistic, very high functioning, but he's autistic. So he he tells me he's not going to have a good day. And when we go hunting together, it's always about his hunt. It's his hunt, you know. If even if it's a 15-minute hunt, if it's a 20-minute hunt. It's his hunt. It's gonna be uh, whatever he wants to get out of the hunt. If he can sit two hours, if he can sit three hours, if it's 15 minutes, we just try to absorb what we can. I don't want it to be a bad experience. So he said he wasn't gonna have a good day, but me, I was trying to nudge him on because I knew it was gonna be a great afternoon, all the conditions were right, and I I, I wanted him to go. I thought, well, this is gonna be a great afternoon for us to see a lot of, of critters. So we pulled up a stump, and we, we dug deeper into why he didn't want to hunt, you know, why he didn't want to go. And, and I thought it was just like he thought he was going to have a meltdown or just not going to have a good day, going to be fidgety. But he said, uh, trying to express his feelings the best way that he could, he was telling me that he didn't want to hunt. And I was like, at first I was like, we didn't want to hunt today. And then second, I was thinking like, well, he doesn't want to be a hunter at all. So sometimes he has a hard time, or especially back then at 9 or 10 years old, he was having a hard time expressing himself. Well, as we dug deeper, he was telling me, he said, Dad, he doesn't want to be a hunter. He wanted to be a doctor. He wanted to to do something in computers as well. Those were his interests, and that's where he wanted to go. And I, I realized that he sees me and my profession and what we do for a living because and it's a unique situation that we are hunters for a living, that is our career, that's how we um, you know, make a living, that he sees dad on TV and sees what dad does for a living, that he feels like that is what I was trying to do, is groom him to be a hunter, and that's how he was gonna provide for his family, or how he was gonna grow up. Not that, like most of us know, or I'd like to think that most of us know, Hunting is a pastime. It's our heritage. It's, it's a, it's a privilege. It's um it's a way to decompress. I thought I was enjoying an afternoon of hunting with my son. And that's what I was sharing with him. No different than if we was playing a game of basketball, but I felt like the worst dad ever. So, um, we proceeded to sit there for another hour and a half and we talked it through. So I told him that, you know, you know, Dad does hunt for a living, that is correct, but that is a small, minute uh, way to make a career. I'm very fortunate to get to make a, a career and, and and a living in the outdoor industry, but hunting is a pastime, it's a privilege, it's um, uh, something that anybody can do. I proceeded to tell him this, a doctor, a lawyer, um, anybody that works, whether you're a plumber, an um, electrician, anybody can hunt. That's the perfect thing about hunting, is that anybody can hunt. and Told him that it was no different than if we me and him was going to play basketball. So, that was a huge crossroads or a turning point in um, me growing up, and and the, the the message that I wanted to perceive to people, as well as uh, especially my son. So, um, I, I learned real quickly that I felt like I was going to be the the worst dad of the year, trying to force my son to be a hunter as a as a a living I just wanted to enjoy it so I needed to make sure the way I uh, exposed him to it was the correct way I just assumed that he knew but but uh, that wasn't the case.
1: In that conversation did you have an opportunity to describe your why like Archer this is why we hunt like the actual why
2: yeah I'm not in that conversation in that conversation I wasn't able to I mean, I, I I didn't. We just wanted. To, I just wanted to get him back on track. It was kind of a, a an overload of information. But, um, you know, why we hunt is. Well, there's several reasons why. I mean, when I get asked why I hunt, it's um, sounds cliche, but it's just part of your DNA. Meaning, like I tell. People that are anti-hunters, or I shouldn't say anti-hunters, or just on the fence or whatever, or people that just don't hunt. Everybody's a hunter. But today's society, convenience-wise, has made them to where they don't have to hunt. It's no different than when a kitten is born. How does it know to tackle that moth across the floor? How does it know to stalk? It's the same way as what what we are. We are known to hunt. You know, your wife may tell you that she doesn't know to hunt, but, well, she does. She does know how to hunt. She hunts for the bargain at the store. She tries to get the, the pantyhose that are on sale. She tries to, to, to find the best deal. She hunts for the perfect blouse to wear out on a, a an evening's event. So um, those things may seem trivial, but it is all hunting. It is a process of selection, and, and, it, and it's hunting, so... Um, with today's convenience, we don't have to as much as we want to, but it is in our DNA. I mean, and I don't think it can be bred out. And once my mentors, which would be my uncles, uh, family friends, and, of course, my father, sparked that interest, I had the interest within, but once they released that and showed me the joys of hunting, um, there was no turning back for me. I mean, even from an early age, whether it was hunting or, or fishing, either one, I knew that, my, in order for my life to be complete, in some form or fashion, I had to hunt. Um, you know, that could be as little as a big game hunting, it could be a squirrel hunter, rabbit hunting, what have you. That itch needed to be scratched, and I had to be a hunter.
1: Which is it's it, what you the way that you responded is exactly the way I wanted you to respond. Is that that's what we do?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: We don't go out and murder. Yeah. We don't it's not
2: mass slaughter. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's um I guess hunting is perceived as if you are a hunter you you know what hunting is. But to those that don't, or those that are on the fence, when you say hunting, immediately I feel like they look at us as mass murderers, killers, everything that moves that we want to to kill it, but I would like to say to them, that's the farthest thing from the truth. We are the largest conservationists that there are out there. So a hunter, a synopsis is, a hunter is, there's a lot of descriptions. I'm gonna do my best to try to describe this. A hunting is the process of you know, if you want to take it back caveman time, it's grab your stick, your pole, your bow, some form of weapon, and you're trying to go out and you're providing meat and precious protein for your family to sustain life. We still do that. We still enjoy that. However, there's more to it than that. It's a joy of the outdoors. It's a joy of... uh the whole process. And when I say process, let's, let's open up the big picture. Hunting season is from September to, Jan- to January. What do you do for hunting in, Jan- in January, at the end of January and February? You're planning for the next. Um, we as land stewards, we as conservationists, we're planning for that. And it's not just like, hey, this is hard work so that I can kill something. There is a pure joy. The older I get, I enjoy The the land management, the preparing the land, the getting the tree stands, the going shopping at the stores, the shooting our bow, the working on our bows, the time spent fellowshipping with others at uh, gatherings like uh, conservation uh, gatherings or just chit-chatting at a local archery shop, all of those things are pieces of the puzzle which make you a complete outdoorsman and a complete hunter. The actual kill is a small, minute, we're talking 1% of the whole definition, embodiment of uh, a hunter. The kill is just basically the cherry on top, if you will. It's you providing that protein. It's a way to, all of this just paid off. And And this is a redneck terminology, but it's when the pimple pops. It's basically what it is you 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 get to memorize it. It's like there's a closure on that hunt, and the next one begins. And you're still taking in there can be hunt after hunt after hunt, but you're still recharging your batteries. I mean, it's something that you you you, you learn by watching the critters. you You get a pure joy out of watching your food plots grow. You get a pure joy of knowing that the tactics you used so that you could simply see the critters in daylight hours worked so there's a simple sense of uh, accomplishment there's a sense of pride and the pride factor is it culminates in we harvested the critter you get to you sometimes even mount the critter so that you can remember the, those years and the build up to that but the, the, the actual kill is just a small percentage of what uh, defines what a hunter is all the other things embody what a hunter is and an outdoorsman
1: so, the reason why somebody would question that is because of perception.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that perception, unfortunately, has been perpetuated by the industry.
2: Yeah. You mean our industry? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, talk about that perception. We were about to start earlier and I told you, Mm-mm, yeah. hold it.
2: Yeah. Perception of a hunter. Um, you know, inside the industry as well as outside the industry. I'm a little disappointed, and, and it's, it's a little different now because we have social media, and, uh, you know, a lot of people can do their own marketing, if you will, and basically form opinions and, impression, and impressions with their posts, and not to mention companies are doing the same thing. Hunting is so perfect to me. And i when I say hunting, I mean archery as well, and the reason why I think it's perfect is because it is ageless, it is you know your physical capabilities, whether you're skinny, fat, short, tall, young, old, abled, disabled it's perfect. You can enjoy the outdoors on so many levels. Now, back to the perception perception to me is seems like the industry has tried to, in their marketing ploys, not all, but a lot, it seems like we're going down that road, is, and this is no stab at no nobody in particular, it's just the, the company seem to make it to where you have to be 35 in the best shape of your life. And otherwise, if, if you're Billy Joe lunch bucket that weighs 300 pounds that's a plumber you feel inferior or it's like there's no way that I can go hunting because one I'm not in that kind of shape that don't look fun to me Um, whereas we need to go back to our roots more of the Fred bear type advertising to where people are this is my opinion enjoy the outdoors we within the industry I'm fortunate enough to get to do a lot of uh, appearances and, and and public speaking and I get to you know, I'm in the, the ditches, if you will, with those people. And thank goodness I I, I feel like I'm kind of open minded with it. These guys celebrate the way we as people in the industry are portraying hunting. Let's put ourselves in their shoes. We're asking them to buy, if we're in the industry, we're asking them to buy thousands upon thousands of dollars of equipment to simply go harvest a deer. And we're putting the seed in their head that if you don't do this, you're not going to enjoy the sport of hunting. We need to dummy it down a little bit, in my opinion. We need to make sure that the perception of hunting is it's fun. You don't have to kill the biggest deer in the world. You simply have to obey the laws. If it's legal, we should support it. The guy that's working as a plumber, a union plumber, let's just say he's in Pennsylvania, he can only go hunting maybe two weekends a year. And because he's in Pennsylvania, he doesn't even get to hunt on Sundays. That's the rules. So he's only hunting three or four days a year. But we're going to ask him to spend so much money to go do so. And or if you don't do this and you don't work out or you don't look like this, how dare you enjoy your hunt? It needs to be more about that talking about the time at camp he needs to look forward to going camping with his kids he needs to look forward to spending camp with his buddies uh those two days that he gets to go on a friday and a saturday to go to, go to the woods we want him to enjoy that to the fullest we also want to celebrate the fact that he's using a 10 year old bow absolutely we would like to get him a new one and we want to send the message of abs- that you're going to Uh, your next purchase will be a certain bow or a certain type of camouflage or what have you. We want to plant them seeds, but at the end of the day, we want him to go out, enjoy the outdoors, and enjoy the hunting experience. So I, I wished the perception would be hunting is so perfect, archery is so perfect that it's timeless, it's ageless, it doesn't matter. As long as you go out and scratch your itch to hunt, you can be so fulfilling and so rewarding so told me tell me about tell
1: me about Travis and how Travis grew up as a hunter and characteristics that you know you see in yourself today that you know were buried there by your dad you mentioned and your uncles and yeah
2: well um, I grew up in I was born in Ohio moved to Georgia when I was five or six my dad was a fireman and transferred to the city of Atlanta and um, my earliest memories of hunting was my granddad you know we, we grew up humble beginnings we didn't have much money or whatever so my my granddad would take old barrels and parts of guns or like uh guns that people had trashed and he was a I, I get an amateur woodworker. So in order for him to get a gun, he would take the metal workings of a gun, even buy a kit from Sears and Roebuck, and he would take the, the uh, a block of wood, black walnut or whatever, and he would carve it down and make his own stock. So uh, m- my dad and I still have a lot of those guns, and that, that was my, I can just remember just staring at those guns, and they're probably, you know, it's those guns that are not worth $20, but they're worth everything to me because it's part of my heritage and growing up well one of my earliest memories is my my granddad had a uh a station wagon a woody wagon with the wood down the side and i could remember the squirrel tail hanging from his uh antenna and i you know i would quiz him about that well it's a squirrel you know and then he would show me his vest he had an old carhartt style hunting uh, vest and the back end was chewed out and i always thought i never asked him i always thought that the the vest was chewed up because, uh, you know, a squirrel,
0: <coughs>
2: <clears throat> I always thought that the vest was chewed up because of the squirrel had chewed it up. That's the story that I wanted to believe, you know, as a four five, six year old kid. But turns out later on, I had quizzed him about that because after my granddad passed away, my dad got that vest. And he said, "No, he laid it in his trunk, and battery acid got on it." <laughs> so, I, I, you know, here I'm thinking that uh, you know I wanted to believe the, the 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 ferocious squirrel ripped it up, but that's that's not exactly what happened. But that that led. My dad was a big squirrel hunter, and uh, my uncles, and they would take me squirrel hunting. And, and uh, even at the earliest ages of six, seven, eight, nine years old, I can remember remember my dad picking us up in his Chevrolet short bed. And uh, he'd pick me up at school, and he'd have a pocket full of uh, uh, Halloween candy. naturally, we were hunting around Halloween. We'd go into the woods, and all these things every year, I think of them all the time. I mean, hearing the crickets chirp, rubbing their legs together, the leaves rustling, the 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 smells of 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 hummus or humus whenever the 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 uh, leaves would get stirred up, uh, squirrels cutting. Uh, you know the shells hitting the, the all those things, and where we hunted at was another thing. Is I would remember is uh, there was a huge power plant um, substation near where we were, and I could just hear the hum of the electric motors. I mean, we was a long ways away, but you could just hear. Mm. So anytime I hear an electrical hum, it always brings me back to memories of hunting with my dad. As well as, I'm sure a lot of people will relate to this is, uh high school football drums on a Friday night, hearing the band practice all week long in the distance. All those things just mean fall to me, and fall means hunting. So, you know, it's it's all those things together. So many people like, yeah, I killed two squirrels uh, in 1981. Well, no, there's way more to that. As you refresh these memories year after year, it brings you back to those hunts. It brings you back to the memories and the, the the great outdoors and how cleansing it is to the soul and how it recharges your batteries. And that's what we strive for so much. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people, the perception of hunting. We've talked about this before, is that we're bloodthirsty killers or, or mass murderers. Well, you know, that's the farthest from the truth. Yeah, that's that's the end result. And uh, you know, we we get table fare for our family. But there's so much more that encompasses what a hunter is. Um, all those sounds, those smells, those uh, the, the weather—just all those things make such a huge impression on us for years and years and years. And those memories are priceless. I I, I I live for the fall every year just for that, and can't wait for each time I get to go sit outside and feel those same feelings. And um, you know, hunting is just a it's cliche, but it is a part of our DNA. Boom! <clears throat> oh! Is that good? Solid.
1: That was a mic drop. That was the end right there. See, it's funny. Every time we we film these, we're, I'm constantly thinking. I was like, all right, how right, does this part fit? Where am I going to put this part? Okay, I'm looking for... We're always looking for like a crescendo, right? That... Somebody works up, works up, works up, works up. And it just takes a little bit. Like, we have to peel a couple of onion layers back. We have to peel a couple of onion layers back. And and who knows what's that trigger, right? Yeah. And to you, that trigger was, well, just tell me about the things that remind you of hunting. And you just started. Yeah. You went from there to, like, this is what hunting really means to me.
2: Yeah. Well, it does. Like, you couldn't ask for a better day right now. Like, this is my...
1: It's like, why is this damn film yeah. crew here? Yeah. Man, I need to be in the woods.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and the older I get, it doesn't necessarily have to be. I can't tell you how many times. Keep going. I can't tell you how many times last year. Like, we're fortunate enough to get to travel and hunt. And when we're, when we're at home, it, um, you know, we are outdoor entertainers. By no means do we like the name Professional Hunter absolutely not we're not professional hunters most of the folks that are out there are way better hunters than us we just happen to have a camera in our face we're celebrating hunting so that others can enjoy hunting and hopefully if you're only getting to hunt you know four or five days a year you're you're able to watch us and 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 scratch that itch through our eyes hopefully that's what we're we're going for but it's to the point where most of the time 90% of the time if we're going to If we're going to hunt, we we need to film it so that we have enough content to make shows and such. But there are you know a good dozen days a year when a cameraman's not available or we can't hunt. I'm fortunate enough to have my own land here. I love going out and just hunting by myself or taking my son. I can't tell you how many times last year, because of the land that we have here, I would go hunting and wouldn't even take a weapon. I would just simply go and, and enjoy everything about it. Everything there is to about the outdoors, and that's what a hunter is. I mean, call it a scouting mission if you will, but I got just as much enjoyment out of that as if I was there, uh, you know, harvesting a a doe for my family or whatever. Now those days are coming for sure, and, and there are plenty of it throughout the year. But it just goes to show you, hunting and being outside, it it just. If I've got the opportunity, I'm gonna go do it. I have to scratch that itch.
1: Awesome. <clears throat> what do you think, Jess? It's good. I'm gonna get, if you don't mind, can you start
2: that first part one more time about, sometimes I go out, mm-hmm. I just wanna get say that again. Sometimes I go out there and I don't even bring a weapon. Yeah. And just describe that one more yeah, time. And I, as I was describing it, I was wondering if you guys would even like that. I mean, do you, I, I well, mean.
1: I like that. And so what I want you to do is that if you're starting that again, you say, I'm not going out, I'm not taking a weapon, but I'm still going hunting. Yeah. Why do you consider that hunting without a weapon?
2: Yeah, I know that's hard. That's hard to, I mean, I guess I've never been asked that. Uh, and I guess perception is, is, you, if you don't have a weapon, it's not hunting. It's basically bird watching, sightseeing. But um, there's so many times, uh, um, you know, we talk about, it being in our blood, well, I have to be outside. And I guess there's so many times last year that I would go and not take a weapon. I guess I wouldn't take a weapon because maybe there wasn't a cameraman with me. We wasn't able to capture it. But in my eyes, it was 100% a hunt. I wasn't enjoying it. I was gathering all the impressions of the afternoon the smells, the sounds. I have to be a part of that. I have to be in the woods, even without a weapon. And even though we're not capturing it, I had to be out there. I mean, I had to scratch my itch. I couldn't just simply sit at home on a great afternoon. I have to go. I have to be outside. I I mean, I I would be lost without it. I mean, I'm even planning for the future. I can see Will in a, a, a wheelchair. And I see, you know, we talked about I'm bouncing around here, but as thoughts pop in my head. Hunting being so perfect, from an ageless standpoint, whether you're young or you're old, and it bothers me so much that people would look down on someone because they didn't hunt a certain way. We need to celebrate hunting. We need no segregation in hunting whatsoever. Um, We're uh, small enough as it is and a minority, we need to celebrate that on all levels. If it's legal, we need to celebrate it. So if you've got a guy that's past retirement, he can't get around like he used to, and he wants to ride around on his ranch in Texas and, and window shop, if you will, get outside, smell the smells, feel, the, feel it, and he sits in his truck and looks down at Sendero. To me, that's honey. That's not climbing a 10,000 foot mountain, an elevated mountain, but nonetheless, he's scratching his itch. I've been fortunate enough to travel all around this country and talk to a lot of different hunters, and it's been so eye-opening for me. We don't need to pass judgment, if you live in Montana, of the guy that's hunting in Florida because he's running dogs. You don't need to look at the guy that's having to hunt a two-acre patch or a half-acre patch in downtown Philadelphia Pennsylvania no matter where you are no matter where you're coming from if you're hunting if you're a hunter or hunting is in our DNA you have to scratch that itch you celebrate it in where you're at and trophy is relative to where you're hunting also not everybody can go to the Midwest and hunt whitetail not everybody can go to the mountains and and hunt elk so they have to scratch that itch on the few days that they got to. So we as hunter need to celebrate that. If a guy posts a picture of a small buck on the, on the internet, if it was legal, let's celebrate it. We're looking at a man who saved all year. We know that in his blood, he feels the same way as any of us do, no matter your your financial status or whatever, he feels the same exact way Harvesting that three-pointer or that four-pointer that he provided for his family, the sense of accomplishment, the, the, the rewards he got for being outside, knowing that he had the same build-up all year long, reading the magazines, watching the TV shows, shopping at his favorite sporting goods stores, fellowshipping with all his friends at conservation groups. All of those things led up to him killing that three-pointer. He punched a tag. He filled a freezer for his family. He feels the same way that the guy that spent $80,000 to do a sheep hunt in New Mexico. We need to celebrate it, no matter what part of the country you live in, what part of the world you live in. A hunter is a hunter. As long as it's legal, we should celebrate it, period. Nice.
1: Good? Yeah, Yeah. it was on your heart, man. Yeah. It was on your heart. I've been waiting for some, since I've been doing
2: this with you. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way I was raised. Yep. Hunting, saving up all year. We lived on three hundred acres, but it yeah. wasn't ours. Yeah. I got about half a week in the season to hunt. All year watching. Will Primos, getting ready for it, and about four days—that's all I had. Yeah. And so I don't have near as many kills as most people I talk to. Yeah.
1: But it's—I I love that attitude of just enjoy, just.
2: A big doe, yeah, yeah. The big doe's exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, like you talk to some people in the West and then they frown or snarl at the way someone hunted in Florida. Look, they don't live in Iowa. You can't kill a 180 when there ain't a 180. No. You you scratch your itch. I mean, there's so many people that we get, we just assume within this industry that there's that everybody gets to hunt five months a year. That's not true. That's the farthest thing from the truth. You you dig deep and you get down on the ground level and you you know where the rubber meets the road like we do. You know doing events and talking to people and really listening to who the the, the brotherhood is, and it's the guy that's the the blue collar worker. It's the the what's well, it's everybody, but fact of the matter is, I mean you can look at the studies and look at the people out there. People don't get to hunt nowhere near as much as you know people in the industry do. Let them celebrate. If you only had four days to hunt, you'd be proud as a pup of a four, of four-pointer or a doe. Or you only got three acres to hunt. Guy can't afford a tractor. Guy can't afford to plant food plots. But he can go buy him a bag of corn, put it out where, where baiting is legal, and he can celebrate the hunt all year long by the avenues that we have to celebrate it. Let that guy celebrate it. He is a hunter. He may not be the hunter that you are, or he may not be the hunter that another person is, but he is a hunter. He gets to wear that label. He gets to fly that flag. Let him fly that flag. Let's celebrate him and welcome him with open arms. Double
1: tap. Love it. It's so funny. You know, we... It's almost like you don't have to ask a question. When somebody's right and ready and it's on their heart. Yeah. All it is is a little conversation and we just shut up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And just, poof. Yep. I think, go ahead. It just bothers me like when, you know, with social media you get a guy. He's afraid to post a picture of a deer that he killed. And even though he's proud and, you know, social media has made it to where he's scared to post it because of the way people are going to feel about it I try to and it's hard to do all the posts that you see but I don't care who posted if they if they take the time to share the picture with me I want to make sure that I celebrate it period as long as it was done legal again I can't stress that enough as long as it was done legal man absolutely more the, the states make the laws they give us the amounts that we can kill as long as you're within the legal limits High five, more power to you. Fill the freezer and enjoy it. I know that he's getting um, protein and, and you know feeding his family, but I just encompass all that, that, that comes with that. He, he just experienced all that. It's like I know secretly he's hooked. He loves it. And if we can celebrate that guy, he's going to want to do it more. And if we can celebrate that guy even more and he feels more about it, he's going to recruit two more people to do it. You know, this day and age, we talk about the hunters' numbers are being down a little bit. And I, and I worry about, you know, what the future holds. You know, and it always gets put on our shoulders because we have a platform to, 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 to um, um, recruit more hunters. And absolutely, with our platform, we're going to do everything that we can. And it gets focused on the kids. You know, the kids are a huge part of that. But let's not just lose focus on people in general. Absolutely, we want the next generation to to be hunters. We want to recruit kids. We want to introduce them to the outdoors. But I would encourage every hunter out there, if you're an outdoorsman or you think highly of hunting or like hunting or you are a hunter, how about the guy down the street from you? Let's Let's try to recruit him. He may be the neighbor that's looking over the fence wondering what you're doing skinning that deer out. Well, rather than giving him the middle finger, how about inviting him over, giving him a beverage, Let him celebrate with you. Explain to him all the joys of hunting. Explain to him everything that hunting does for you. Not just that, hey, we're filling the freezer and we're going to have steaks tonight that you're welcome to join us with. Explain to him why hunting has blessed you 365 days a year your whole life. And invite him into the hunting and let's get him a hunting license and introduce him. By all means... You know, we have to bear the burden as outdoor entertainers or people with a platform, and we're going to do our very best to make sure that we fly that flag and recruit more hunters. But I encourage every one of you out there, if you're a, if you're a hunter or an outdoorsman, invite that neighbor, the guy that goes to church with you, the guy that you work with. If he's thinking about hunting or on the fence or even if he's a non-hunter, try to display hunting in a manner that's going to make him want to go hunting. Invite him hunting. If every hunter can invite one other hunter to get a license or or another person that is a non-hunter or someone that hasn't bought a license, those numbers are going to change drastically. And therefore, it's just going to be like a snowball rolling downhill. You're going to gather more momentum. You're going to gather more hunters. You're going to gather more kids that want to do it because they see more people doing it and they see more people enjoying it. And with more hunting, then we can buy more land, so we can have more places to enjoy God's renewable resource.
1: Perfect. All
2: right. I get to rolling, guys. That's good. I
1: think we're good. I think we got what we needed.
2: My name is Travis T-Bone Turner. My name is Travis T-Bone Turner. I'm a hunter, and I'm more than a predator. A hunter is a caretaker, a leader, a provider. I will never make excuses for who I am. It's the way I was born. I'm a hunter, and I'm a bone collector. Everyone has their own story. This is mine. It's in the blood.
1: Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly... Do what's right
0: to convey the truth around hunting.